Ashley. And I'm Shay. And we're the F1 Chickens. All right. Well, I'm Ashley. I'm the older sister and overachiever and the source of our family's F1 hyperfixation. I'm a mom to a super cute six-year-old. I'm a wife to a husband who lovingly indulges my F1 hyperfixation. And I'm an attorney by trade. I got into the sport back in 2021 when somebody put a race on in the background. I started watching the Netflix series, became obviously head over heels obsessed with Daniel Ricardo. Denny, Denny, daddy. <laughs> uh, and now we're here. I'm Shay. I'm the cooler, funnier, nicer, and younger by 10 years sister. I'm a single Yep. <laughs> I'm unemployed. Oh, yeah. Say what you want about that. I mean, it's kind of fun, even though it's looked down upon in society. But this has been a period where I can really just do whatever I want. And one of those things. Ashley, you said you got into it in 21? Yeah. See, I remember you mentioning Daniel Ricardo. I don't really remember you talking about Formula One. Showed me his clothing line, which I don't know if it was Ashante or was it Rick 3? I think at that point it was like rig three and I was talking about his wine because I got the wine as a Christmas gift for Christmas of 20. I guess it had to be Christmas of 22. Yeah. I remember being so uninterested at the time. I didn't even really care what you're talking about, but I do remember the name Dan Ricardo. It wasn't until I think February of this year, um, Uncle Kevin started getting into it, which got our dad into it. My dad really wanted me to watch Drive to Survive. It took me a few episodes to get into, but here we are. Obviously, I got into it. Now we've got the fans interested in telling them a little bit about who we are. I think it's important to mention why we came up with the name F1 Chicanes. So what's a chicane? So a, a chicane is, according to Google, this is the actual definition, artificial narrowing or turn on an auto racing course Ooh, you sound so technologically that's not a word technically you sound so technically sophisticated right i mean they're really used to reduce speed yeah. i believe but they are the twisty parts of the track yeah i came up with this really cute tagline uh that shay basically told me to throw away which was two chicks unlimited what was it? Unlimited curves? No. Unlimited twists, twists and, and turns, turns which Unli is so corny. Yeah. Unlimited curves could have definitely referred to our baddies, um, but it's fine. Anyways, so yeah, it was two chicks, unlimited twists and turns. Shay nixed that. But the whole point of this podcast and why we decided to get into this is we've become so fascinated with Formula One over the last few months. Obviously, as I mentioned, that love for Formula One has been ever-present for me for the last two or more years, but more recently with my family, to the extent that we now have, like, a family group, group chat. Yeah. yeah. I finished Drive to Survive in April, I believe, so I am new to the sport, so there are a lot of things I still got to learn. Ashley, too, but she has... She's, I've got some years. time on yeah. you now. Also, my ADHD makes it so that when I become obsessed with something, it's not just like a quiet obsession. It is a loud and proud and absurd 
hyperfixation to where that it is it's all consuming. Have y'all noticed that people with ADHD will not let you forget it? Because we just we feel like we're neuro. What is it? it neurotypical? No, You're neurodivergent. Good. Yeah, neurotypical people are just you know. Anyways, neither here nor there. All right. So the whole point of this podcast is for us to be able to share information with you as we both learn. Really, as I teach Shay about what's involved in some of the things that are related to Formula One and really as a mechanism for us to share our love of Formula One. You know, this might be a faulty experiment in that we think we're really funny and you all don't necessarily agree with that. But we're hopeful that our insights and hot takes will be something that you like. So come along for the wild ride. if you ride. don't, unsubscribe. Yeah, go to hell. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> uh, just kidding. Follow hey. us. All right. Sick. I think first things first, before we start talking about this week's current happenings, I think it's important for us to give you a little bit of information about just our general thoughts on each team, our preferences. Uh, As most of you who have siblings know, the basis for any good sibling relationship is really sibling rivalry in that Shay and I talked about who we think the listeners will like more. Obviously, Shay believes they will prefer me. She'd be correct, what and I agree with her. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Um, I'm not really that. I'm not an egomaniac. No, but we're, ho- we're hopeful that based on the things She's that we tell kidding. you, that you'll be able to maybe like one or both of us. Um, either way. All right. So we're going to break down the 10 teams. Okay, let's get started. Yeah. So obviously, Red Bull is dominating. They're number one in the Constructors Championship right now. Say that again for me. <laughs> this is going to be Constructors. Constructors. Why can't I say it? Constructors. <laughs> constructors. Constructors. Yes. Hey, do me a favor and say Azerbaijan. Azerbaijan. Oh, that's yeah. She got it right on the first time. Wait, 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 wait. What was the other one that you kept messing up earlier today? That was what, OPEC. Ring? No, OPEC. OPEC. <laughs> Say it again. Is it opaque or opaque? It's opaque. Okay. Sounds like the other way, but. Yeah, that Q-U-E can get you sometimes. Okay, we're, we're stopping. What are your feels? Uh, I, I feel like he's just the typical choice uh, in that if you're new to Formula One, people love him because he is dominating. He looks a lot like Sid the Sloth. Um, well, people don't love him for that. People love that he is dominating. If you're new to the sport. No, not that he looks like Sid the Sloth. No, I just wanted to slide that in there. Um, See, she doesn't like Verstappen. I don't like Verstappen. She He's hating. I, I do be hating. Mostly, I think the thing that bothers me is this aloof attitude that he has, whereby you hear him talk a lot about, you know, he might be retiring early. He... He doesn't necessarily think about the intricacies or think about anything other than just giving his best performance, which is complete motherfucking bullshit. Because at the end of the day, you see him going for the fastest lap during the last race or two races ago. His team literally tells him to stay out. You don't, you know, don't don't risk it. You don't need to come in. And he says, absolutely not. And what does he do? He get he goes in, gets fresh tires and go for the goes for the fastest lap. He also realizes I'm pretty positive if he wins the Hungarian Grand Prix, that it will be the record 
for the constructor to have won the most consecutive races, which would be 13. I think it's 12 no, or it's 13. 12. It's 12. 12. Okay. It's 12. I think my thing with Max is maybe he's not the greatest team player, but he does want to set records. He is super serious about racing, and it's clear that it's working for him, winning so many races. You cannot deny his ability to win and what that takes to be as dominant as he is. He also really loves cats, apparently. I do like that about him. That literally, I used to probably like him 30%. I like him now like 80% because of the cats. And the PR things they do. They do so many PR things from Formula One, but he has, he's got a sense of humor, too. He does. You just don't see it really on the track. Yeah, because when he drives, he's there to drive. He's there to win. Yeah. All the rest out. And then we've got Sergio Perez. Uh, what do they call mm. him? The... Um, Oh my gosh. Um, Did they call him something? The Minister of Defense, which I love. Never. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, well, again, you're brand new, baby. Um, so he's considered the Minister of Defense, which is because he's really good at defending back um, other drivers who are trying to get around him. That's kind of what he's known for. But it's funny, as I mentioned earlier, when I was looking back at season one, again, there are those times where he collides with others. And a lot of times that happens when he's under pressure. So at Racing Point, a lot of those collisions with Esteban Ocon came when there was, uh, I guess, um, he was insecure about whether or not he was going to get the race seat for the next season, which would have been the 2019 season. Obviously, he, he did get the seat, and he tended to drive a little better. But I think what we're seeing with Sergio Perez right now, and I love him, um, he's Mexican, which, you know. He does look like he could maybe be one of our uncles. He does, 100%. Side. Yeah. Uh, we might look like white girls, but we do have a little bit of spice sauce. Um, but yeah, I I like Sergio Perez. Also, his dad is the absolute cutest. Love him. Love a supportive parent. My hope is is that he doesn't let the pressure of Daniel Ricardo being named Alpha Tauri and the fact that his contract, I believe, ends in 2024, erode his progress this year. It's already eroding. Well, it, I didn't say. I mean, we say that, yes. He's still number two in the driver standings. So I, I think it's the qualifying that's really killing him. Agreed. Agreed. Okay, let's go on to Mercedes. I don't really have that many comments about them. They've kind of just been sliding by. Uh, yeah, you know, I'm happy to see that Lewis Hamilton is back up on the podium more often. I feel like George Russell is just pretty vanilla. You know, he, he is consistent, though. You cannot deny that. The best thing about Mercedes is Total Wolf. Oh my god, I love Toto. He's a snack. I almost okay. <laughs> I almost picked him as my favorite team just because I like Toto so much. I wouldn't say he's a snack. Wait, wait, let's no no, he is a snack, honey. Maybe it's the age difference, but Toto Wolf is ooh. Okay, yeah, it's the age difference. Yeah, I guess. Um but I like Toto. He was funny. Love the sound bite up from last week or the week before where he where, you know, Lewis is on the radio and he says, you know, he's complaining about the car. And Toto basically gets on the horn and says, we know the car is bad. Drive it. Loved that. Lewis, the car is bad. We know. Please drive it. Mercedes is the only team this year that has brought improvements to a race and qualified lower than they did the race before without the improvements. That makes absolutely no sense. I think he said it all. I really have nothing to add. Yeah. The only other thing I'd add is it does bother me a little that Mercedes is whining. Both Lewis Hamilton and Toto Wolf. You know, fix your fucking car. Um, are, they've just been whining because they're not winning. And they fail to 
recognize for the seven to eight years prior to Red Bull's dominance, they were the team that was leading. Now, I think their biggest concern is that when they were leading, there were, it was a, in their minds, there was probably a closer race for who was going to be the top constructor. And that's not necessarily the case. I think right now Max has it in the bag um, in terms of both for driver lead for driver championship and the constructor championship, but it just bothers me. They're a little whiny. Okay. That's valid. Aston Martin, you claim this as your favorite team. Why? Because I don't get it. It's really Fernando Alonso. I don't necessarily like Lance Stroll, but I like that. I don't think you don't just not like Lance Stroll. Oh, wait, what did you say? It's, uh, I was like, uh, no, I don't remember. <laughs> I thought you really didn't like Lance Stroll. No, I don't. I don't have a strong dislike for Lance Stroll. It is a little bothersome to me that he is a pay driver. Um, we just learned that term, by the way, you guys. <laughs> we did. <laughs> so it bothers me that he's a pay driver, which means you know his dad is Lawrence. He owns the team. Yeah. So he's paying to be there, basically. Yeah, a pay driver is someone who doesn't get there on his merits. He instead gets there because he brings sponsors or cash, or in this team, it's because his dad has money. And daddy has taken care of him. So same thing with Williams. Um, little backstory on that is obviously, uh, what's the dad's name? Lawrence Stroll. Lawrence, I always forget his name, Lawrence. Lawrence Stroll was a big sponsor for Williams, where Lance initially started. And then when Racing Point went belly up. No, poor Cynthia. Force India. It was Racing Point Force India. Oh, wait. It's the same oh, thing. the same thing? Yeah. Damn. There's so many team names. Yeah. It was the entire team name was Racing Point Force India. Okay. They were Are the we o- sure? Yes. They were the only Indian team on the grid. It was a four-name title. To look the poor title. Yeah. Anyways, she'll have to look that up later. Okay, Ferrari. <laughs> wait, we didn't even talk about Aston Martin. <laughs> Bitch, you just glazed over. <laughs> no, because nobody cares. All right. I, I mean, ask, okay. Fernando Alonso, two-time world champion. Absolutely love him. He annoys me for some reason. I don't like him. Um, I love Fernando Alonso, and I love the fact that he has come back on the scene. You know, he the day after the 2022 season, he packed his shit at the end of the race and said, boop, same day, walked over to the Aston Martin garage uh, after, you know, Sebastian Vettel retired and has really directed that team to help them make some progress this year. Now that hasn't necessarily been consistent in the last two or three races. I'm hopeful that moving forward, we see a greater return for Aston Martin. (laughs) (laughs) For Aston Martin. I I do want to say I am a Lance Stroll defender. He's, he's pretty consistent. He's eighth in the driver's seating. Granted, he's 40 points behind Leclerc, who's in seventh. But I don't think he's horrible like everyone he says. I think everybody wants to hate on him because he is rich. I also will say that I love that Fernando Alonso is helping support Lance Stroll and giving him little tidbits while he drives. We love a supportive queen. Okay. Okay. Okay, Ferrari. What we really want to be talking about, at least to me. I'm guessing that's your favorite team. It is my favorite team. I say yes, but I know, yeah. Charles Leclerc and Carlos Sainz. Okay, are you going to be saying Leclerc this whole time? I think we should get on the same page. I don't think so. I think you can say it your way and I can say it my way. No, I think we should say it the same way. No. It sounds ridiculous. I don't. And he pronounces his own name, Charles Leclerc. Yeah, but every announcer says Leclerc. Like, it's 
and I'm gonna go by culture. They say Leclerc. That's fine, but I'm gonna go by how he pronounces his own okay, name. And I'm gonna stick to mine. Okay. If you pronounced your name Shia and everyone else pronounced it Shay, should we recognize that your name is Shay or Shia? Example. Yeah, but he doesn't. Mi- he doesn't mind. If I came on the record and said I don't mind, doesn't matter. I'm gonna call him a clerk. Okay, you did that. Okay. Anyways, back to Ferrari. Carlos Sainz. Yeah. He's so handsome. They're yeah. both so handsome. <laughs> Which is like a big reason why they're my favorite team, but I think Ferrari's just iconic, and I it's nice or it's different that they don't win all the time. Um, maybe because they're like slight underdogs, but not really. I mean, I ex- I understand what you're saying that it's it's not a clear win. Yeah, it makes it more so, exciting. Exactly, it makes it more interesting. I like Ferrari. I love Carlos Sainz. I love Charles Leclerc. Um, I also think they have really good, like, teammate chemistry. Yes, and I also think they both have really great hair, which I can very much appreciate. Even after a tough race and, like, race and having that helmet hair, they still look good. It's perf. Um, anyways, kudos to them for that. The most interesting thing about Ferrari right now is that despite the fact that they do appear to have a quick car, their team management... And the strategy. The strategy. Issue. Yeah, the strategy, the tire management has been god awful um, to the point where obviously there are rumors. costing alliances. They're yeah. getting really frustrated. They might dip. Just lots of rumors about what's going to happen to them in 2024. It'll be interesting to see how it all works out. Yeah, I want to get. I want them to get it together because I really like them together. I like them together. Agreed. Okay, McLaren, their fifth. What are, what are our thoughts? I think I love Norris's laugh. <laughs> I do like That's Norris's immediately laugh. what I think of when I think of them. Piastri, busy. I'm not a real huge fan of Piastri, and that's primarily because of what happened with, obviously, McLaren and Alpine last year. But I think I just can't get behind McLaren because of how they treated Daniel. Listen, it's all is fair in love in Formula One, but... Yeah, I just can't get behind them, which is really tough for me because I was a huge McLaren fan last year. I love the orange. They're getting better. Yeah. What do you think? What do you think about that? It'll be interesting to see. It's been one race, you know, obviously where they had some speed and everybody took notice. It'll be interesting to see how they compare to Red Bull during the Hungarian Grand Prix, considering Red Bull is bringing additional upgrades this race that will make them even faster. Alpine, the all French team. For some reason, I really don't like Ocon. I don't like it Ocon just either. Me off for some reason. Again, I watching rewatching season one made me realize that I understand his mentality. He came from nothing. He's had to really struggle to make it in Formula One. After Racing Point, when he lost his seat to Lance Stroll, he didn't get a seat for the 2019 season. I think that's when he was the reserve driver for Mercedes. So I can appreciate that he's had to work hard. And so he might have some discontent with those who are paid drivers. Yeah. Gasly. Gasly. I, Gasly is just a little cutie patootie to me. I think, I think that he has done a great job being underestimated and continuing to prove himself despite the motherfucking haters. But you know, he did that at Red Bull. He had some issues, and they were quick to cut him. He comes back at Toro Rosso, Al- um, Alpha Tauri, and shows them that he can be that lead driver. The relationship between him and Yuki while he was there was super cuties. Mm-hmm. 
my hope is is that he's had a he's had kind of a meh start to Alpine uh, to his year with Alpine, but I think in general Alpine's had a meh year. So I feel like there's not really much bad to say. There's nothing bad yeah. to say about oh Gasly. No. So fingers crossed that he has a better year coming up for him. Okay. Surprisingly, Williams is in seventh place. Alex it's Albon. All on, yeah, it's all on Albon. So here's the deal. Alex Albon, let's give him some snappies, okay? Because I think it's absolutely amazing that he has consistently taken a car that has not done well other than on the straights and continues to perform, getting points on, uh, you know, various racetracks when they would have otherwise been counted out. I love that for him. I love that they he is continuously in the top 10 the last few races and that he is you know, things are looking up for him. I would love for him to be the next driver at, let's say, Mercedes or, you know, if something happens at McLaren or... He definitely needs to level up. He needs to level up. I think somebody will grab him. Not sure who, but somebody will. Somebody should. And then we've got Logan Sargent who, you know... He's, I, he's representing America and doing a terrible job, but it is his rookie year. It is his rookie year. He is driving to Williams. So, you know, he, he is trying to make... You know, mountains out of a molehill. I think um, last race, he wasn't last. Yeah. Finally. I mean, and truth be told, all things considered, he was tied with Nick DeVries, which, you know, Toroso, at least, at least they can, at least they can <laughs> be linked to Red Bull. Last. Yeah, at least they can be linked to Red Bull. You know, Logan Sargent is in a, should be in a lesser car. So that brings us to Haas. Oh, I forgot about Haas. Oh my God. Also, obviously, Gunter, uh, I love Gunter. Magnuson has really grown up this year. He's had a child that's resulted in him, you know, not fuck slamming doors. Um, which is, <laughs> Don't fuck smush my door. <laughs> smush. Yeah. Um, love hello, me. Gene. Whenever I see him, I just want to go, hello, Gene. <laughs> yeah. Nico Holkenberg, I like him. Um, not sure if you remember before he was off the grid. He was at Renault. Renault. Yeah. I like Nico Holkenberg. I think he's shown that he can do a lot of things with that house, which really is true. No, I really do. For some, I want them to do well. I want them to do well. They're all likable. Rooting for them. Yes, they just need better. I need. They need a better car. But in mm -hmm. order to get a better car, they need more money. And in order to, it's it's a vicious fucking cycle for them. And they're American. Yeah, the team is technically yeah. Haas is an American team. He lives team. in um. What is it, Gunter? North, yeah, Gunter lives in North Carolina. Yeah. You know. It's right there. I was going through a midlife crisis at one point, and I looked to see if Haas had any in-house legal counsel positions that I could apply for. Gene Haas uh, obviously owns, I think, a NASCAR or Indy 500 team. NASCAR. NASCAR. Very successful. So, good for Gene. Hello, Gene. Sum up your season then this year. It's, it's one short world. Shit. Alpha Romero. Okay. They grind my gears. They are just... They're just doing what they're doing. They're just coasting. It's just a snooze fest. It is. I will say it is heartbreaking because I loved Valtteri Bottas. It's heartbreaking to see him in this car that's basically not doing anything. They are just waiting it out until they can, you know, basically start under outing. I don't outing. understand why they got rid of him in the first place if he was consistently getting second and first. They were just look. I think his contract was up and they were looking for the new hot thing. They just wanted to refresh. I think they just wanted to refresh. Also, I think Botas was getting really irritated with the fact that even when he was doing better with Lewis Hamilton, no matter what, he was second fiddle. 
And I think George Russell is experiencing some of that right now, but I think George is handling it better. Zhao Ganyu, good for him. He's bringing that Chinese uh, interest to Formula One. Moving on. I also want to say, if you are a drive to spy fan, it's hard to connect with Alfa Romero just because they weren't even, yeah, they're not on the show. Valerie Botas, though, if you don't yeah, follow him. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. And if you don't follow him on Instagram, you 100% should. He's absolutely just leads an interesting life. And he's just an interesting we should buy character. His what? He has his own gen. Oh, his, oh, gin. I thought you said chin. I was like, excuse me, what? <laughs> um, yeah, he does have his own gin. Uh, we should try it out sometime. We'll try it on the podcast. Maybe we have a, a whole episode where we just get plastered on both oh. this is gin. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the mullet that he had for a while. He's don't like it. Yeah. He is a far more relaxed Valtteri Bottas at Alfa Romeo than he was at Mercedes. And I like this version of him. Mm-hmm. I just wish he could win. Aren't they like getting rid of Alfa Romeo soon? Yeah. 2026. So they're though. just, they're just going with it for now. Yeah. Like they don't really, they're just existing. Trying to really make sure. Literally strides. just existing till 2026. They are not putting an extra dollar or cent in. Hey, Alvatari, I did not like, Nick DeVries, so I'm glad he's out of there. <gasps> Something about his face just irritates me. I think that that's sad. I like Nick DeVries. I am disappointed for him in that he was this Formula 2 and Formula E champion that he had struggled and waited for so long for his chance in the sun only to basically be shat on by Helmet Marco. It is really sad how it all went down. Yeah. Because they're like, Nick DeVries, who? It's all about Ricardo. Yeah. And like it was he really a- just got thrown in the trash I read by the ar- team and by the fans. Yeah, I read an article today that mentioned that Christian Horner on like lap 17 or 7. Re- oh, okay. You read the same article. <laughs> <laughs> Your memory is better than mine. Uh, that's youth for you. But yeah, by lap 11, Christian Horner calls Helmet Marco, tells no, him. No, it was um that whole Helmet, helmet yeah. guy that, was, that told him, not Horner. No, no, Christian Horner called Helmut Marco to let him know how well Daniel Ricardo was doing. Immediately, Helmut called and fired Nick DeVries. Okay. That's that's how that transpired. As soon as he heard that Ricardo was doing well, he gave Nick DeVries the X. All that to say, Alpha Tauri. I think Yuki's cute. I love Yuki. I like his personality. I am obsessed with Yuki. I also like the outburst. I do too. Radio. Also, I think he's passionate. Good for him. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that a lot of these guys are kind of buttoned up. Um, I also think that Yuki, with the aid of Daniel Ricardo's trainer this year, has made significant progress. You know, it was expected that when Nick DeVries came on the scene, he would be the lead driver for that team, and that wasn't the case. So good for Yuki. That okay, leads speaking us. Speaking of your boyfriend. Oh my God. Y'all, when I tell you, Daniel Ricardo, I dream about him, I obsess mm-hmm. over him. I spend money that I uh, that I work very hard for on his clothing line. Currently wearing his Enchante Cafe shorts. You know, have a bottle of wine that maybe this thing ever hits it big will crack open. But yeah, I love Daniel Ricardo. I'm excited to talk about him and his new uh, new adventure at AlphaTauri. Yeah. So Ricardo, he's 34 years old, mm-hmm. which is older in the scope of Formula One. Not as but old he's as still younger than what play Hamilton and Alonso. Younger than yeah, and Alonso. Alonso, I think is forty two. Hamilton, I think maybe 
38 to 40 in that so race. So still got again. a good few years. Yeah. So his first Formula One race was in 2011 mm-hmm. with HRT, also Hispania. known as Hispania, yeah. which is not around anymore. Abby. That was back when they had 11 teams. Yeah. They did not last long. And then he went to Toro Rosso, which, which is, is Alphatari. He's mm-hmm. back at his second team. And then he blew up at Red Bull with seven wins. And then he went to Renault, which was huge controversy. Yeah, again, watching season one, you realize how big of a of a risk that was for him. I think that was probably one of his poor career moves, unfortunately, for him. I think that's something I read an article today that Mark Webber, who was also an Australian Formula One driver, had advised him not to make that change, but he did it anyways. I think that that, in Daniel Ricciardo's mind, it makes sense that he would make that switch considering he was no longer considered the lead driver for Red Bull. They signed Max Verstappen at a young age. They signed him early and for a really long contract. So they were invested in him, and they had to be because they had bet so much money on him. Obviously, that's paid off for them because they're continuing to dominate. There is no argument that Max Verstappen is this great driver. I think Daniel made the move to make sure, thinking, hey, this Renault makes the engines. I'm going to go with them, and they're going to have a great car. And even if it's not great, I'm going to do amazing things with it. He was uncertain. He wanted to be number one. He wanted to be number one. I also think he was uncertain about how Honda, who was unproven for the 2019 season, yeah, how they were going to do in the Red Bull car. Obviously, they've done very well. He says he doesn't have any regrets, but I just feel like that's something someone says when they regret. Yes. And I have no other choice but to say you don't regret it. So you can't really even take his word for it. Yeah, and I think while he may not have any regrets, he has acknowledged that he has made some interesting career choices. He did not McLaren. Yeah, so then he goes to McLaren. He did get one win. Their only win in the last decade. So good for him. But other than that, that, Lando. It was just a shit show for him. Yeah. He never got used to the car. It was not his fave. You know, it was sad to see his time there get cut short. In terms of, you know, it creates that controversy for Piastri. Contract end, or ends early to the extent that, at, you know, had it, this recent change not been made, he wasn't going to get to race this season, which you know, Daniel Ricciardo was one of the biggest proponents not only for Drive to Survive, but for the Las Vegas race. So I am thrilled for him that we are going to see him not only get to race in Las Vegas, but just in general get to see him back on the grid. Okay, so when he went to... McLaren, obviously Red Bull took him back as a reserve driver. I actually looked this up. So I was like, what does a reserve driver even do? Technically, at Red Bull, he was a third driver. That's correct. Not every team has this person. Um, for some teams, a reserve driver is also the third driver. But in Ricardo's case, he was doing the tests. I, here's the thing. Let's be honest. Daniel Ricardo is a sure thing in terms of PR. People love him. You cannot deny that smile. It's a risk for him, though, because he's driving the worst car on track. There is no denying that, which is so, again, is so compelling and interesting to me, given their connection to Red Bull. I think Red Bull brings him on twofold, not only to obviously, you know, Nick DeVries isn't even going to get to race in his home race, which is absolutely bonkers that they couldn't wait another race, but they were so unimpressed with him. That's not his home race. The Hungarian Grand Prix? No. It's, uh, it's a different one. The oh. one that starts with a Z. 
No, I there was a lot of talk that he wasn't going to get to race. No, that um, his home race isn't until August, and they did not want to keep him for the summer break. Yeah, that I knew. Oh, well. A few fun facts about Daniel Ricardo: He has three homes, one in Perth, one in LA, and one in Monaco. Apparently, like all these guys live in Monaco. I think that's cool. Yeah, him and Verstappen actually live in the same building in Monaco, which I would love to live in that building, but it's a pipe dream. <laughs> that's a that's a million billion dollar dream. Yeah, he's five ten. He's a cancer. He's a cancer for the girlies. And he knows English and Italian. His mm. father's Italian. Yeah. How did you say that they pronounced his, like, it's the, technically the correct oh, um, way to pronounce his name? Ricciardo. Mm. So he leaves Australia at 17 to go mm-hmm. to Europe to make it a go in Formula One. Works his way up through the ranks. And how many Grand Prix has he won? Eight. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Eight Grand Prix, but how many podiums? He's had a thir- 32 podiums total. Damn. See, okay. He is a force. Um, I am hopeful that he makes a good showing in the Alpha Tauri. It's obviously, as I've mentioned a multitude of times, it's a risk for him. Not only is he coming in mid th- mid-season in a car that he doesn't have too much experience with. It, the whole goal was to get a seat for 2024. It's a little bit of a risk for him coming in mid-year. I think the ultimate goal for him is score more points than Yuki. Do well in qualifying, which is where the AlphaTauri car has seemed to do pretty well. And don't wreck the car too much. He just has to try his best and get points. Yeah, he's got to get some points. If he can do that, maybe, just maybe, he can get a seat at Red Bull for 2024. I doubt it. Yeah, I'm not buying it. It's a long shot. I think they want somebody that hasn't peaked yet. I think that there is going to be a lot of switch up. Last year, they were calling the season... Right before, um, or they call it the silly season because there were so many switches. I think we're going to see that next year. It'll be interesting to see where he ends up landing if he gets a seat. It would be absolutely ridiculous for him to not get a seat. I think he will end up at one of the top teams. I'm hopeful it's Red Bull. He loves the Red Bull car. Christian Horner seems to really like him. He works well with Mac. You know, I don't. It would definitely be fun. Yes, I, I think it's just hard to say now. Yeah, I, you know, and it's it'll be interesting to see what he can do with the Alpha Tallery and to make sure that he's still, it seems to be he's got his spunk back. You know, he mentioned that he feels like he's back to the normal Daniel. So I'm excited to see normal Daniel and not normal Daniel and not the depressed Daniel that was driving the McLaren. Tell us about the Hungarian Grand Prix, Gigi. So the Hungary track is actually known as the Hungara Ring. Hungaro Ring. Right. It has 70 laps. It's about 2.7 miles per lap. Mm-hmm. It's got 14 turns. Okay. And Lewis Hamilton, this is his track. He's won it eight times. Just like and he's he an eight time. holds the record for the fastest lap in history. If you know, you know. Your BFF, Fernando, mm-hmm. also really likes this track. Yeah. Max Verstappen likes it too. It's also known as the... Monaco without borders. So it's really hard to pass each other here. Yeah, overtaking is going to be difficult. They're going to have to do good in qualifying. If you don't have a good position come qualifying, it's going to be really difficult to overtake. It'll be interesting. I'm excited to see Daniel Carter back on the grid. You know, he put out. Yeah, how do you think he'll place? 
Ooh, he needs to qualify in the top 10 to show that, you know, he's back. That's what people are going to expect of him. If he is anywhere below 15, it'll be a, it'll be a calamity and it will, yeah, he will automatically start like doubting that. himself yeah. at the end of the day. As long as he does better than Yuki this week, we're good. We're solid. I think they'll give him one, a one race leeway. The problem is, is we are two races from the summer break. If he does not show some type of basically miraculous comeback this race or next race, there are going to be issues. I have a feeling I'll probably be like in the 12, 13, 14. Yeah. I'm going to say eight. I'm going to be, I'm going to, I'm going to say, okay. Yeah, I'm going to be the born fan. I've been waiting for this for so long. Oh my God, I can't wait. Top 10 hottest drivers list. Okay. I think we should start with number 10. Yeah, of course. Makes sense. Okay. You give me, you know, should I go I, first? Yeah, real quick. So I am super interested to see how this plays out and to see what similarities we have, if any, and how the list differs. You know, like let's say you have someone really high who I don't even put on the list. And I think part of that may yeah, come I down. I think it'll happen. I like. And I think I just have better taste. <laughs> When's the last time you had a boyfriend? I can't even look for the part in the bits. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll go first. Okay. Okay, you go first. Um, I had a tie for number 10 because I just <gasps> couldn't decide. Bitch, are you serious? We yeah. can do tens. So you don't have a nine. No, I have a nine. So you gave yourself an extra person? Yeah, because I couldn't decide between these two who it should be. That's top 10. That's not Okay, ties. just listen. It doesn't matter. Let me go with it, okay? And I'll let me explain. So 10. I think once I tell you who they are, you'll kind of understand. I have oh, wow. Logan Sargent mm. tied with George Russell. Now, let me explain. Both of these men are just traditionally good looking, you know, your average Christian white male. They're both vanilla. Neither one of them. Most of the time when I think about Formula One, it like takes me a while to actually think of them. And because they were Ooh. interchangeable in my mind, they were number Ouch. 10. They are, but, but all that to say, they are still better looking than the other nine drivers. Hence why they're tied for 10. It's funny. I have Logan Sargent as 10. Okay. He's just an average looking white boy. Yeah, exactly. Can't really hate on him too much. Why boy Logan? Okay, number nine. What's I, number nine? Yuki Sonoda. Listen. Yuki. I love <laughs> Yuki. That man has some swagger. All five foot something of him. I think he's, he's just five three. Five three. I mean, so he's an inch taller than me. Okay, I wouldn't have to wear heels. Um, love that for us. He's just super cuties. I like I like him. There is he's the cover of Drive to Survive on Netflix. Mm -hmm. There's like a picture of him with his sunglasses. That's a good picture of him. Now, he, like most of the other drivers on this list and on the grid, there are certain angles of them where you're like, oh my God, I don't even know who that man is. They're, it's, they're awkward angles. The Formula One photogs, like who do the headshots, really just do not give a shit about these men sometimes. They're like, snap it, let's go. Anyways, I still <laughs> think Yugi Sonoda is traditionally good looking. For the record, Yuki is not on my list. Damn. Okay. Damn. Again, but that says so much about your taste and my taste. It says something. It says something. All right. So who do you have for nine? George Russell. Okay. He kind of looks, uh, he looks like Toby McGuire and that one guy from, uh, that played the rocker. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? From Queen. The big eyes. My, I was going to say my Bollock, but I think that's the girl that played Blossom. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. You guys know who I'm talking about. Yeah. Or Mr. Robot, that was the show he yeah, was on. Yeah, Mr. Robot, that guy. And they're they're handsome, so 
George Russell has to be handsome. I mean, it kind of makes sense. You had Logan Sargent in some of the... Um, obviously, you had Logan Sargent and George Russell. I had them tied. You had them. Okay, so we're pretty much on the same track, except for Yuki. I didn't expect that one. Okay, let's move on to number eight. Hold on, I have to find... Rami Malek. Rami yes, Malek. Yes, yes, okay, yes. Okay, okay. Uh, my number eight, Sergio Perez. Sergio Wow. Perez. See, listen, again... He is a short king. He just has this attitude about him. He's a family man. I think he's got something like three kids, which is absolutely bonkers I to me. I think he's like one of the only ones that are that's married. Yeah. Um, I know Kevin Magnuson is married as well and has a child. Fernando Alonso was married, I think is divorced, doesn't have any children. I don't know. I, any. Think, it, I think there's only two or three of them. Yeah. Max Verstappen is in a long-term relationship. But yeah, I think that's it. Yeah. They're like single guys. Yeah. Um, I think it's because the sport is dangerous. It's really hard to get, you know, watch someone get into a car and basically drive to murder themselves. Uh, but he also has kids and he still continues to get in that car. I do like his accent. I like his voice. Yeah. Again, he's just got a level of swagger to him that I really enjoy. So that's number two that is not on my list. What? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, my oh my God. Gosh. It's going to start getting interesting. Yeah. Okay. So my number eight is. Pierre Gasly. Okay, I like Pierre. Pierre Gasly. I, I don't have much to say to back this up, but I put him as number eight, so that's that. So basically what your choices have told me are you like a basic white man, and I like a little spice. Okay. Okay, well, we're only three in. Yeah. So we can't really say that. All right. Uh, number, number seven, seven for me, is Charles Leclerc. What? Dude. I like him. Um, I think he's good looking. I think he's good looking. Number seven? Yeah, I think he's good looking. I'm scared for your top six. Okay. I think he's good looking, but I also think he has a little bit of a baby face, which, and he seems a little saddies, which I think. Saddies? He he seems happy, but think about his like music. And he's even said that he generally has like a lower kind of vibe to him. And look, I mean, just listen to me, folks. You can tell that I'm just obviously amped all the time on life. I think he's good looking. Um, and I do like You're that he's amped all the time on life? Yeah, not all the time. But I just mean I'm high energy. I do like that he's manganese, mostly because you get to say manganese. Is that how you say it? Yeah. I wouldn't dare try to say it. I was going to say, like, my ass. <laughs> <laughs> listening to Shay pro- say it. Yeah, listening to Shay pronounce things is going to be the best part of this podcast. Okay, so we're on number seven? Uh-huh. Said Lando. He he is a little bit childish, but I have to remember like he's only a couple years younger than me, so it's not that creepy. Lando's not on my list at all. <gasps> I'm not surprised. I mean, not he's surprised. he looks like a child. He literally looks like a teenager. He does I... have one of those faces, but he is what? I think he's like 22 or 23. Yeah, you're you're far closer to him in age than yeah. I am. Yeah, he just seems too immature for me. He's I really too- like his voice. I mean, his laugh. He is, really yes, funny. I like his personality. I think he'd be, if I had like an older daughter, I'd be like, oh my God, Lando would be perfect for you. So A plus for his personality. He's just not, it's not there for me in the looks department. Okay. All right. On to number six. Pierre Gasly. Okay. Yeah. Yes. I, yeah. again. High on the list. Yeah. I, the, the difference between like someone like him and a Charles Leclerc is that, and I'm going to continuously throughout the entire season say Leclerc versus Leclerc. It is what it is. But I like Pierre Gasly because, again, it goes back to that swagger. There's just something about him Gasly that says. Swagger? 
Yeah. Oh my gosh, what? What? I think LeClaire has more swagger, if we're going to use that term. No, absolutely not. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Whatever. Pierre looks like... And he's French. I, just, I can't believe he you're is doing absolutely Charles and he's like French. That. He's just gonna be anyway. Okay. What we're six? Uh, Verstappen. Verstappen didn't even make my list. Really? I think it's kind of handsome. Again, he I, is, it really depends on his haircut. Depends on the haircut. I also think that he is one of those people who occasionally he can look pretty good in certain shots on video, but none of his photos ever turn out well. I, again, he is the, this poor man is just the victim of terrible photographers. Yeah. I like his personality, but his face. I did have to include that with the looks. Yeah. I'll, I'll, have to, I'll say that. Okay. Number five. Lewis Hamilton. Same. Oh my gosh. Really? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, it's funny when I was writing this list, I was considering whether or not you would put someone like an Alonzo or Hamilton on their, on your list because of their age. But I think Lewis Hamilton, I love. Looks he looks spry. Always, you know, always has a mind for fashion. He is. He does have a very American look. He does. I also like, I know not a lot of people like this, but I think he is conscientious of the fact, has so much writing on him in terms of. What? Of persona and the culture and the sport you know, he's the only African-American on the grid. He was his dominating force. And whether he is dominating or whether he's not, he is such a figure that everyone is always focused on him. Yeah, he's so wise. and Yeah. He just seems like a really cool dude. Like down to earth. Yes. And I think, too, I like that while he can make loud statements, whether it is something like, you know, when they were going to have the, when they were going to institute a jewelry limit, you know, he comes with the multiple watches and things. A jewelry limit? I hadn't heard of that. Yeah. I think it was last year or the year before. They basically said, you know, Hamilton has like a nose ring and he's got all of these different piercings. He races with all these things on? I think he races with some of them. Hmm. And I think that that was the issue is they were going to tell him that he couldn't race with that. And he'd always, I think it was the nose ring. He always races with the nose ring. And they were going to prevent him from having that. And they said it was for a safety issue or for safety reasons. And he, considering the length of time that he's been driving with the nose ring, he basically said he felt as if it was a personal attack and an attack on urban culture. And I like that while he can make sometimes those loud statements, he is also very soft-spoken and wise. I love that about he him. He does have a great sense of style, too. Okay, number four. Fernando Alonso. Mm, he was not on my list. Of course. Not. I mean, he's too I old just, for you. I, I don't even think it's an age thing. Oh. I just don't find him attractive. That's ridiculous. Fernando Alonso would be your zaddy, okay? Oh, my God. Zaddy? He would be. Seriously? Yes. Oh, my gosh. It's so handsome, so attractive, so dominating. And there's just no bullshitting with Fernando, okay? It is what it is what it is. I put Lance Stroll. Not on my list. Yeah. He just, he he, he is the epitome of what you said earlier, which was, teacher, you didn't sign my homework. What the? No, yeah. he's not. Yeah. Ugh, yeah, he, he reminds me of Michael C. Hall, who played Dexter. Yeah, and I thought he was very handsome. He's just like a darker feature version. Something about his nose and his voice just irks me. He also kind of looks like someone I could find at a bar here, so he's more like relatable. Yeah, number three, Nico Hulkenberg. 
It's funny because I kept looking at Nico thinking, he just reminds me too much of dad. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> I couldn't do it. I couldn't put him on the list. His, if you look at the rankings on formula1.com or f1.com, um, and they, that picture of him, he looks like such a dweeb. It's like not a great picture of him. But if you see him. How do you remember all these pictures? Well, I, when I was looking at them earlier today. Um, but also for the first little while before I subscribed to like Formula One TV, I was always on the website during races and things like that, like trying to like find out what the standings were. And anyway, so I looked at them for a long time. All that to say, he is a man that looks good. I think when I see him on video, you're like, okay, that's yes. Yes. My number three. Mm -hmm. Don't yell. That's Daniel Ricardo. That's funny. Daniel Ricardo, number three. Number three on the grid, number three in your heart, apparently. He's good looking. Yeah, he's cute. Mm -hmm. I think I like him better with the hat on. Yeah, his hair can do weird things sometimes. Unfortunately, he's got like great hair when he styles it, but he is not a guy like Leclerc or Signs that when they take their helmet off, it's just like this beautiful head of hair that's perfectly still in place. Sometimes Those wild he, things. Yeah, sometimes it looks like he's a little bit bald and I have questions and concerns. <laughs> yeah, that hairline gets a little tricky sometimes. Okay, should we move on to number two? Number two, Daniel Ricardo. <gasps> you have to say number one already now, but yeah. we'll wait, we'll wait. Yeah, okay. Okay. Daniel Ricardo. I don't necessarily know that he is your traditional good-looking man. You know, if he's just someone that everyone would find attractive, probably like our, our mutual number one. But his smile is absolutely amazing. He, oh, he does have a good smile. He just lights up a room and then you take into consideration personality and it seems that he has a good heart. I just, I just love him. I, I, listen, my toxic trait is thinking that if I were younger and thinner, bitches better watch out because Daniel Ricardo would a hundred percent be married to me. Okay. Sorry, Rob. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Who's your number two? Charles Leclerc. Okay, that makes sense. It's because you're a Ferrari girl. Yeah, but he's gorgeous. I mean, he's good looking. You put him on number seven, which is crazy talk. Okay. But you also have Fernando up there, so. Yeah. I don't know where your mind is. Fernando Alonso is a good looking man. I mean, he's. I think he's like known as the Lothario Formula One. Like, there is no denying that he is known as a good looking man. Well, I denied it. You denied it. But, again. <laughs> I think there's no denying that Charles Leclerc. I think there is man. no denying that your taste is questionable. Charles Leclerc is questionable. But. Yeah, okay. I said he's good looking. All right. Okay. Number one. one. Are you ready? On the count of three, we'll say it together. Ready? One, two. Carlos Sainz. Carlos Sainz. <laughs> oh, my yeah. God. He makes me want to learn Spanish. He is. He's He's funny. He... He is the finest man I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. It's ridiculous how good looking he is. It makes me want to scream. Mm -hmm. yeah. It makes me want to stab myself. <laughs> okay. <I> just, <laughs> okay. We're, <laughs> we're going to have to cut that out. It's not that weird. I want to stab myself. He's good, good looking. Because it just doesn't make sense. Listen, at the end of the day. We're going to record this. We're going to post it. And if you post that, Carlos Sainz will hear about it and he'll have a TRO out against yeah, you. Yeah. Will he hear about this? Actually, it won't be a temporary restraining order. It'll be a permanent. It'll be a PRO. No, I think he'd like it. I no. think he would think it was funny. Maybe we'd get lost in translation. Yes. Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we get lost in translation to where you come off as a psychopath. He's good looking. 
I really hope that this year turns around for him. No, I want him to do so good. Yeah. Carlos signs. 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 He says his last name is Sign. Sign. Carlos Sign. But nobody else says it like that. No. So. I really I think I like pronouncing it. I just it'll be a commentator or a driver that pronounces somebody else's name and for whatever reason it will be like an earworm. And for an entire week, that's all I'll say. That happened with the Pierre Gasly or Nico Hulkenberg. Oh, do you know why they call him the Smooth Operator? No, why? I think it was 2019 mm-hmm. at Silverstone. Yeah. Driving around. The song kept coming up on the radio. Oh. So when he actually, funny enough, after the Hungry Race, he was singing it. Oh. And the team was like, hey, you're yeah. kind of a Smooth Operator. Smooth Operator. So I heard- it's just like a running joke with them. I saw that they played a joke on him. They said, Carlos, um, the FI says you can't sing anymore. And he was like, what? Did you send that to me? Probably. Yeah. We're on a run. Come on. Do you know what that was? That was a smooth operator. Smooth operation. Well, that's our top 10 for this week. Uh, That was so much fun. Yeah. I still can't really believe some of your picks, but that's neither here or there. Who is the one you ha- uh, I'm. It's interesting to think that neither one of us had anyone like Kevin Magnuson or Alex Albon. Neither one of us had Alcon, which a lot of people find him very good looking. So They do? <laughs> Not you and I, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's t- 10 out of 20. Yeah. Let's just say they aren't. They just didn't make the top 10. Yeah. Hmm. They're all wealthy, so for any amount of money, I can make myself amenable to a relationship with them. Oh, my God. Side note. Something I've noticed. Mm -hmm. All the beer that's advertised on the track, it's all non-alcoholic. Drink, don't drive. Do the watermelon. That's basically the reason why. They don't want to advertise that. And if drinking sponsorships ever became, like, banned, Mm -hmm. they wouldn't have to change their advertising because it's already non-alcoholic. Oh, that's really just from a promotion standpoint. Okay, so I think we're going to talk about our fantasy picks. Okay, so how the F1 fantasy works. Yeah, so the F1 app, it starts you off with 1.5 million. Mm -hmm. Or, I mean, 105 million. What's the name of your team, by the way? In it to win it. Kind of a play on my last name. What's yours? Mine's the Sausage Curves. It doesn't let you replicate fantasy names with anybody else that has a fantasy team. Where do the sausage curbs come from? Sausage curbs is a term. Sausage curb? Yeah. I oh think my God, I, you know something I don't. Teach me. It says yellow curbs with the bumps. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Great explanation. So it gives you five drivers that you can pick. Mm-hmm. And they two, all cost money. Yes. And then you have two constructors. Constructors. We're also in a league with our dad and our uncle. Yeah. I'm in last place, so I'm just I'm just having fun at this point, and you'll realize that once I tell you who's on my team. Because um, it really doesn't add up. But Oh, I'm in, I'm second behind Uncle Kevin. And that's because, honest to God, he just picked Max Verstappen at the very beginning of the season has been writing it out. His choices, I would say, are not. Yeah, I think he has Red Bull, too. It's a yeah. constructor. All right, give me a rundown of your five drivers and two teams. Okay, so I got Science. Mm-hmm. Hamilton, mm-hmm. Alonzo, mm-hmm. Norris, okay, Ricardo, okay, and then I have Ferrari and Aston Martin. How about you? So I switched it up for the Hungarian Grand Prix. 
I had been putting all of my faith, effort, love, and attention into Sergio Perez. I had to ditch him. And I Every had time to, I put him up there, he disappointed. Sergio, this doesn't mean I, I don't love you. I still do. I still want the best for you. I just need you to prove to me that you can do well in qualifying, okay? That's... Anyways, I think that's also important to mention about fantasy is that it's not just based on race results. It's also based on results for qualifying because you get points based on where you place for qualifying and then also where you place for the actual race. Anyways, Max Verstappen, Fernando Alonso, Carlos Sainz, Daniel Ricciardo, Lando Norris, Constructors, Aston Martin, and Ferrari. Do we have the exact same team except you have Verstappen instead of Hamilton? Yeah, I don't have Hamilton. But you have Fernando Alonso? Yeah. You have Sainz? Yeah. You have Ricardo? Mm-hmm. And you have Norris? Right. Ooh, okay. Wait, because I kept trying to figure out how I could have either Verstappen or Red Bull. It's all based on price because all of the drivers... No, I know. Yeah. And I couldn't afford him. Yeah, I couldn't afford him. I guess maybe I wasn't getting rid of Hamilton. Yeah. So without getting rid of Hamilton, mm-hmm. uh, it wasn't possible. Yeah. And my constructors are Aston Martin and Ferrari. And I have a million left over. So, mm. so, mm. so, they just, <laughs> so. <laughs> I think just by default, do y'all want? Now for a very special segment. Our expert track analyst is in the studio. All right. Uh, can you tell us your name, please? Eliza. All right, Eliza. Based on your analysis of the season thus far, who do you think is going to win the Hungarian Grand Prix? Max Verstappen. Wow. I mean, okay. it's a bold, bold. Yeah. Interesting. We'll see if you're right. All right. So thanks, guys, for listening to our very first podcast. I think I want to give a shout out to. Yeah, let's take a moment. Let's thank our fans. Just kidding. Um, no, there are, <laughs> there are only fans and our supporters. Uh, only fans? Not only fans, yeah. <laughs> we want to say thank you to our mother, Ninfa, right. for providing us this lovely podcast equipment so we could get this, this thing going. This is my idea, Mom, by the way, to thank you. <laughs> I had literally said from day one that we would do like a no, little no, fake ad. Yes, lie. I did. Oh, my God. <laughs> Vying for Mom's approval. Thank you to my husband, Robert, for coming up with our F1 intro Thanks to Dad for all of his input and helping us with our podcast cover. Thanks to Uncle Kevin for the support. Thanks to Eliza for being our contributing track analyst. And just a huge shout out to my sissy Gigi Shay for doing this with me and indulging me. You're very welcome. It's not like you had a job or anything taking up your time <laughs> to, to distract you from this, but I'm glad you could join me. Of course, <laughs> likewise. <laughs> All right. We'll see you in the fast lane. Bye.